What's up, yep. bro? Let's go. I'm keen. I'm keen too. I'm keen too. We've got some good stuff to talk about today. Yeah, oath. Um, just going to start it off. Shout out to our fans in India. Um, the analytics <laughs> came out. Uh, do, I hope we're doing you proud over there. Um, I'll just quickly get into the topics. I'll just get them up because I have them down. Uh, of course, my phone decides to be extremely slow. Uh, today, we're going to potentially talk about the Josh Adokar situation if we have time because Anchor only lets us record for an hour. Uh, the Mark Hunt v. Paul Gallen fight tonight. Which team is going? Uh, which team is under the most pressure heading into uh, this upcoming NBA season? We're going to talk Lamelo Ball, Kevin Durant, uh, the Goat, Talon, Horton Tucker, and Ja Morant. Uh, but we're going to start off with Giannis signing the Supermax this morning. Well, I don't know if it happened this morning. I saw it this morning. Um, richest NBA deal in history, I think. Uh, I think that last year, on uh, like the fifth year, I think he's going to be earning fucking fifty odd million. Uh, what are your thoughts? Did you expect him to sign this? Um, I've got several thoughts. The fact that he signed the richest deal in NBA history doesn't surprise me. Yep. The fact that he signed that with the Bucks right now does. Um, I didn't expect it to be in the preseason. I didn't. I thought he would kind of test the waters a little bit, see how things are going, um, kind of with the team that he's playing on. I know he's a bit skeptical and he's a, he's a win now kind of player. But he has said several in, in several interviews he's happy to have another star come play for him. He doesn't need to be the first option. So I think he has a feeling that this the team he has right now with Holiday, Middleton, that can be an attractive spot for other other superstar players. And I mean, good on him. I, I like it. I think it's exciting. I think Milwaukee is, is slowly becoming one of those big-name NBA teams, which you just wouldn't expect a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, I think it's an awesome idea. I think, I think it was good for him. Yeah, um, I'm happy with it. I like you don't really. I mean, you s- still see it, but players staying loyal because he could have easily gone and joined and made a super team somewhere. If he'd uh, gone to Miami, I think it's all over. I think Miami win it. Uh, but he's staying loyal. Uh, it'd be a huge relief for Bucks fans because the amount they gave up for Drew Holiday because they were going all in to keep Giannis if. The Bucks didn't get off to a great start um, and Giannis leaves. Your franchise is kind of in the shit. So good for Bucks fans. Good for Giannis. He's making, he's getting the bag. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Do you expect Milwaukee to win a championship right, within that five years with Giannis? They have right now, no. If they add another crucial piece, yes. But yep. again, right now, and I know we, we talked about it a little bit in the last episode, it is preseason right now. Bucks haven't won a preseason game. They're 0-2. They lost to the Mavericks pretty pretty confidently. Yep. Uh, they never really looked like winning both times. Um, they pulled back a little bit in the fourth quarter, both games. But they never really looked like winning at any stage. And again, as much as I, I say it, this last episode, I say it this episode, preseason doesn't matter. But I'm just surprised of the timing of this signing. Not necessarily surprised that he signed. Just the timing mm. of it. Um, yeah, that's my opinion. But good on him yeah. in the end of the day. Yeah. Um, well, I think we pretty much covered everything with Giannis. I, I personally didn't think he was going to um, sign the Supermax. I thought he was going to leave. Uh, I think a quote came out saying, you have to sacrifice money for winning or something. I, maybe I'm wrong, but I swear I saw that quote come out from Giannis once um, recently. So I thought he was going to leave. But um, yeah, like we said, good on him. 
Um, first play we're going to get into is Lamelo Ball. Uh, we're both big fans of Lamelo. Uh, what um, have you made of his first two games? He's fitting his role well. He's doing what the Hornets need him to do. Um, on the court, listen, I, I think in in regards to yep. his scoring performances, we know they haven't been amazing. I think he scored 10 points in two games, and that 10 points is all in the second game. Um, but right now, the, the Hornets have two players hmm. coming off 20 points per game seasons in Terry Roger and um, uh, what's his name? Devontae Graham. They've got two players coming off 20-point seasons. Their scoring is fine. It's what they're facilitating and obviously their ball movement is what is kind of needed. And Lamelo is filling that shoe almost perfectly. I mean, what? How many House of Highlights have we already seen of just Lamelo yeah. passing balls? Like, oh, I swear all of his assists are highlight, like going on the highlight reel because they're fucking so – like the way he passes oh, that ball, I think, honestly, there's no, so pretty. There's no better passer in the NBA right now. Pretty wise. Um, I mean, the other one who's close is, is Lonzo. So the ball bros, they're out here. They got that court vision. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, he's, um, in my opinion, he's looked like decent first first two games. Um, that shooting, like we're talking about how pretty he is. His passing is his shooting form makes me want to die every time I look at it. It makes me feel sick in the stomach. I mean, I haven't got, but I haven't got good form either. But I'm not in the NBA. It it really hurts me to see his form like that. But oh well, what are you gonna do? Um, but yeah, he's been. I know it's preseason, but he's been coming off the bench in preseason. I wonder if the Hornets start out the season like that. Uh, I personally think that'd be a bit silly too, but. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, I I expect him to get more comfortable yeah. so with his your, scoring. Your but there, yeah, in my opinion, I think the the good ideal plan for the Hornets would be push Devontae Graham to shooting guard um, and have Lamelo as that point guard. Uh, spreads the floor for him. A, a, a spot up shooter like Devontae mm. Graham who can shoot the lights out. It's he's gonna love playing with a player like Lamelo as well as playing with a player like Gordon Hayward who can space the floor really, really well. So I think that he's going to yep. benefit a lot from that, that duo there. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think he should definitely be starting point guard, push Rosier to the bench, maybe that six-man option, even out of rotation. It just depends on how they want to kind of play their ball. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts? How do you see the Hornets lining up come round one? I think they should definitely start LaMelo. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a big uh, LaMelo fan. Um, he's your third pick. He's kind of the face of your, fa- face of your franchise. Um, yeah, and I think it should be – I think he should be kind of given the keys to the team. He's already shown what he can do. He's seems like he's got decent chemistry with um, the players already. Uh, he's throwing up lobs to uh, Miles Bridges and stuff like that. Um they're playing an exciting brand of basketball as well, the Hornets. I, I like watching them. They turn the ball over a bit, but they're a very fast-paced team and um, a few high flies with PJ Washington as well. Um, I don't know they're one to five, how they're going to start. I think, I guess, played Lamella at the one, Graham at the two, Hay- Gordon Hayward at the three. Uh Maybe play PJ at the four yeah. and then Zeller at the five. Um, 
I'm not sure, but yeah, no, it's a it's a good, young, exciting team. Um, I'm definitely going to watch their games this season. I'm keen. Um, you reckon that's all for? I reckon so. that's all for Lamelo. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think we touched on everything pretty well. The Hornets, they're, they're exciting. I don't think they're a playoff team, but they're an exciting team to watch. But yeah, that's pretty much everything about them. Yeah, uh, we also saw the return of Kevin Durant. Fuck, he, I mean, like, obviously, again, preseason. Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to clarify preseason anymore. Everyone knows it's preseason. Everything I fucking say, just take in mind, we know it's preseason, okay? So we're not jumping the gun. He looked good. He looked very good. Um, obviously, he didn't do a whole lot, but he's still that lethal scorer, and he looks quick. He looks bouncy. Him and Kyrie seem to have a good combination for literally playing one game together. This Nets team is going to be good. I think very early prediction. I think they come out of the East and play the Lakers in the finals. I was honestly about to say the exact same thing. The Brooklyn Nets look dirty. Like that Kyrie-Kevin Durant combination, I'm, I'm fucking keen to watch them kind of grow a little bit more. And I'm hoping, obviously, Kyrie has, had a, have, has a bit of a brand of being a, a bad locker room guy. But I'm hoping they can keep that chemistry good because everything looked smooth when they were both on the court together. There was never a moment where one had his hands up demanding the ball or, or the other was saying the same thing kind of thing. It looked smooth. It looked effective. Both of them having over 15 yep. points. Like, bro, they can, they can do some deadly things with actual NBA minutes. Yeah. Uh, they can do deadly things, but when it comes to the finals, they're going to come up against the GOAT, Talon Horton Tucker for the Lakers. He is surprising me. He will, I think he was picked 46 or 47, somewhere around there, and then spent some time in the G League. He's, he's shown that he could be a possible third option for that team because the Lakers have, haven't really got, who would you say the Lakers' third option is right now? Because obviously LeBron, AD. And then who would you oh, say is at number three for them? Harrell, uh, Montrezl Harrell. Um, I mean, yeah. Dennis Schroeder can be okay. Oh, Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, it, it yeah. just depends. Alex Caruso, the GOAT. Jared Dudley, the GOAT. Um, those, those kind of all-star players. <laughs> um, but no. But no, they've got a few, they've got a few big names. Yeah. But I, I'm, liking, I'm liking this kid. He scored 33 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, got yep. 4 steals, uh, and he shot 64% from the field. Um, I yep. think one of the more mentionable stats is he played 41 minutes. Um, so that's a lot of game time. But, you know, that's yeah. what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, my internet's just been an absolute cunt. My internet's stuffing up, but it should be right. Also, before we keep talking... I'm going to talk about what happened at the end of the last episode. Um, I, we probably should have mentioned this at the start. I cut out very suddenly. We thought we lost the episode and I would have cried because it was so good. My cat uh, unplugged the internet. I went out and checked the internet. My cat was all over it. So that was a bit awkward. I almost had to tell Jared that yeah. we lost the po- Well, I thought we did lose the podcast and I didn't know how to explain it because I didn't want to say my cat unplugged the internet. But either way. <laughs> The podcast is still there. Um, last player, last player I got here is Ja Morant, but we can also. I feel like we should probably also yep. talk about Zion afterwards. Um, ja Morant looking. Yep. Actually, I'm going to ask you a question right now. Um, 
Ja Morant or Zion Williamson, who are you taking on your team? Considering, I feel like Zion's the better player, but you've got to also consider he's he's. I feel like he's just injury prone with that body shape and the way um, he fucking flies. It's a it's a toughie. It is a toughie. Uh, my big thing is I think Zion looked fit coming into uh, the game or whenever he played last. But Ja Morant, he, I don't think he's had a significant injury since starting. And I know he's only had really one season in the NBA, so it doesn't really count. But he hasn't really had a big injury. Uh, he looks consistent with the ball. Uh, you surround him with, with some pretty effective big men. I think he can do some deadly things. So I'm probably going to pick Ja Morant, if I'm being honest. I was going to say, yeah, I'd say the same thing. I'd probably take Ja. I feel like if they both go uninjured... Um, Zion probably has the better career. It's hard to say, but I feel like he's just always going to have problems with them knees. I think someone that well, obviously he's gotten a bit fitter, but someone who jumps that high for being that big, um, it's going to take a bit of a toll. And Ja Morant is coming into year two. Uh, it's known that rookies usually take that jump going into their second year. And um, well, he, I mean, he had a quiet second game. I mean, he had seventeen, seven, and seven, so that's a deep. That's a very good game. But yeah, that first game he looked yeah. uh, he looked very good. Um, uh, I think that's it for any players. Should we cover any more players? Any players? I think that we stood should touch on, on the Pelicans Heat game and just talk about Zion a little bit. Um, I just want to okay. ask. I don't know if you watched the highlights yep. or watched the game, but Zion has significantly dropped some kgs from what I can see. He went and dropped twenty six points and eleven rebounds yeah. in thirty three minutes, which I think is the most he has played in NBA level. I know it's I'm not going to say it, but um, it's probably the most he's played. He was restricted minutes all throughout last season, so it's good to see him playing one bigger minutes as well as doing good in the scoring. What did you think of that kind of performance he put out? Um, I haven't seen the highlights or the game, but the stats I think speak for itself. Quite dominant. Um, and he's shown when he's fit and healthy, um, he, this is the type of player he is. He's definitely worthy of that number one pick that he went. Um, yeah, I'd be, it's exciting times for Pelicans fans. It honestly just, again, depends if he can stay injury free, but I feel like he I feel like he'll be an all-star this season. Wait, I I don't know if they're doing the, um, are they doing the all-stars this season? Uh, yeah, I think so too. I'm just not sure how it's going to go with COVID, but I don't know. We'll say. But yeah, I think he's gonna he's gonna be a monster for that Pelicans team. I think. Um, yeah, just depends if he doesn't fucking. But I mean, he always comes in. I mean, actually, no, he's going to be fit now because the season's kind of started. But I remember seeing photos before the bubble and he looked so fit and then he came into the bubble and he was a fat cunt. But um, <laughs> glad to see he's fit. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. This isn't about Zion. This is uh, what we touched on before. Which team do you think is under the most pressure um, coming into this season? I think I touched on it a little bit last uh, episode as well. I think it is just the LA Clippers. Um, and purely for the reason, and I'll, I'll touch on it again, but if you haven't listened to the last episode, go listen to it. But... They've traded so many picks to get Paul George. Kawhi has not extended his contract. This is win now or leave. You've now signed Paul George to a massive, massive, massive deal for a long term. If you don't keep Kawhi Leonard, this team is not something that's going to spark interest. I mean, 
when Kawhi came there, Kawhi is someone who's going to bring all-star, all-star talent with him. He's just that big of a name. People want to play with the guy. He's a winner. How long did the Clippers stay just like a, just a crap team because no NR, um, NRL, NBA star wanted to come play for that team? Kawhi takes a chance, goes and plays for them. That brings Paul George. It's a domino effect. They've made that investment. They have no draft picks coming up in a, in a lot of years coming up. I think 2023, until 2023. So they can't rebuild in the draft if this fails. You need to keep Kawhi. You need to make this man happy. And he is only going to be happy if he wins. And even then, he's not happy. He left Toronto when he won. But anyway, that's my big pick. It's just the LA Clippers because they just have so much on their shoulders. And they're still yet to beat the Lakers in the pre-existence. Yeah. I I think you nailed it. I completely agree and would have said the same thing. Um, I would have said before Giannis signed the Supermax. Mm, yeah. Also the Bucks, because uh, I think they were under a lot of pressure, but now they got Giannis for the next five years. Um, they're going to be sweet. Uh, probably always yeah. a one or two seed over in the East. Uh, so, yeah, they, they should be sweet. I can't really think of many other teams. I think it's, yeah, mostly just the Clippers. I think another team um, is a little bit here. Well, I've got two teams that also are kind of on the, on the brink of it. The Houston Rockets and the Miami Heat. Um, Miami, they have to prove that that wasn't a fluke. They can do it again. Uh, and Rockets, they need to try and keep Harden or their franchise is done. I mean, Boogie Cousins and John Wall are fun to watch, but they ain't going to be winning you a championship right now, if I'm being completely honest. So their franchises are, are kind of on the yeah. edge. So if you want to add anything about those two teams, you're more than welcome. Um, yeah, I... I... I agree with you. I think they're both under a bit of pressure as well. I don't see the Miami Heat doing what they did last mm. season. I think the bubble helped them a lot. I yeah. think they were one of the teams that thrived in the bubble. Um, but with the East, has have well, it's I was about to say with the East, how <laughs> stacked it is. It's literally just KD and Kyrie. It seems. Um, I just can't see any team really beating that that Nets team out of the East. Um, I guess it. I you could. Say the Bucks could, but it depends how Giannis plays in the playoffs. Because the Bucks, we already know they're going to kill it in the reg- regular season. They're probably going to be the one seed. It's just uh, depending on how they go in the playoffs. I, I mean, I think the Lakers will win the championship again. But I say, I, I guess you could say they're under a bit of pressure because of the team they have now. If they don't win, it's going to be like, damn, like they should have with the team they have. True. I feel like they should definitely be winning it. Uh, so I guess you can say Lakers. And then, um, yeah, we didn't write this question down. So sorry if I'm putting you on the spot here, but which player do you think is under the most um, pressure coming into the season? Paul George. I feel like, again, and I keep I keep going back to it, he's now signed yep. a massive, massive deal, long-term, coming off a, a pandemic P series that he's just had last year, uh, as <laughs> well as, and I keep saying it, but he's he's got to make sure Kawhi stays. So, I think he's under a lot of pressure, but again, I think Paul George, and he was one of my favorite players for years. He he has what it takes to be a great NBA level player. He's an all several time All Star, uh, several time Defensive Player of the Year, several time All NBA Player of the Year. Uh, he can do big things on the basketball court. It's just he needs to get that confidence back up and kind of and show kind of what he's worth a little bit. And another player I would kind of say is is Anthony Davis. Um, you know. He's he signed yep. the Lakers. I think he signed a, how many years? Three years? Four years? 
I think it could be. Okay, okay. It's either four, four or five deal. years, I think. Uh, LeBron's coming to the end of his career. There was everyone's. I mean, there's LeBron haters say that AD carried him, but there's some talk of you know him getting carried by LeBron or even him getting snubbed for Defensive Player of the Year. He's going to have that chip on his shoulder. He's just come off his first championship. He's got a lot to prove. He needs to show he can do it again and again because he is a generational player. Um, similar to Giannis, you know, these big men, they're only getting better. He's one of those guys that are going to be in the NBA for a long time and going to be the face of the NBA most likely for a long time. So he's got a lot of pressure as well. What about you, though? Um, I think Lonzo's a solid player. I feel like he has a bit of pressure coming into this season, though, because... Everyone's been talking about this jump he's meant to have. Yeah. He's coming year into three, what, year four now? Or is it year four? Yeah, I think it's his fourth. Yeah, uh, so I think oh, it might be. Maybe I think four. he was drafted 2017, maybe. Yeah. Oh, he started with the. Oh, yeah, either three or four. I, th- I think it's time that he had that jump. Um, I don't know necessarily if he's going to. Because Lonzo's that player. If you look at his stat line, it's not going to really impress you. But if you actually watch the game. Yeah. You notice how much else he does. But, um, yeah, I think we're going to have to expect a little bit more from Lonzo, at least driving to the rim a bit more and not being afraid about some contact because his free throw shooting's horrendous. I think it's some of the worst in the league. So um, I'm expecting a bit of a jump from him. Uh, Then Giannis as well in the playoffs. I think it will be sweet during the regular season, but if he plays shit again in the playoffs, um, yeah, it's not a good look on his yeah. career or legacy. Because, um, yeah, you can kill it in the regular season, but if you can't do it in the playoffs, it means nothing. So, 100%. I, with yeah. Lonzo, though, um, I want to just touch on that. What are, is your ideal stat line? You know, points, rebounds, assists. What do you want to see from him to, for you to go, that's a good season? Um, I like a, a Maybe like a 15-7-7 okay. seven and seven type of season. Um, I think that'd be nice for Lonzo. I don't think he's ever going to shoot the lights out. Like he's not as, well, I mean, he can score the ball, but his yeah. main job is to facilitate. So like, I don't really care if he's having over 20 points a game. The scoring, I couldn't really care less about. I think it's just his assist numbers and him yeah. being efficient from the field uh, with his shooting. And... Yeah, I don't actually uh, – maybe seven rebounds is a bit of a stretch because they have a lot of players on that team that's going to mm, rebound the ball, yeah. especially with Steven Adams there now. Just as long as he has a lot of um, a lot of assists and shoots well, um, um, that I'd yeah, be happy. What do you reckon? He, he's a guy who can average 9 to 10 assists a game. He genuinely could, um, especially playing with players mm. like Zion who is just going to catch lobs all day, especially if he stays fit. Uh, Brandon Ingram, and also Stephen Adams, who is just going to be a, a beast in the paint, as he is almost every single year. Um, when, when Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double, Stephen Adams was a main uh, kind of assist person who got the assists uh, from Russ. So um, I think he's going to be a massive work. I think around that, as you said, 15 points, and maybe about six, six to seven rebounds, like you said. Uh, I know it's going to be tough with the team that he has. Obviously, Zion's a, a big rebounder. Stephen Adams is a massive rebounder, as you'd expect from him. Um, but I just, yeah, as you said, I want to see efficiency and I want to see more shooting because he shot 33% from the field in his preseason game last mm. week or just the other day, sorry. Shot 33%, but shot like 15 shots, which is, I would rather see that from Lonzo. I don't want to see tw- 33% on 
eight or six shots. You know what I mean? He needs to find his rhythm in the game. And when he can, yeah, that's going to yeah. help the Pelicans out heaps. But again, you've got scorers like Zion, you've got scorers like Brandon Ingram, so they might not rely on that as much. But he just needs to find his rhythm at least for the regular season just to average about that 15 points a game. Because right now, I think he won't. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, and he's also just... I've got no complaints with his defense. Um, his defense is some of the best mm. in the league for for his position. He's a very good defender. So he's killing in that aspect. And you can say, oh, I'd also like to see him get his turnovers down a bit. Yeah. He seems like he turns over the ball a lot, but I guess that's just because he handles the ball a lot. Um, oh, I remember hearing, I was listening to Through the Wire podcast, <laughs> not to promote any other podcast. You probably shouldn't be listening to any other podcast for this. But they were saying that um, the new coach that Lonzo has, I can't remember his name. Um, he said on a podcast years ago or like a call years ago or something like that, that Lonzo would be best used as a spot-up scorer and that he wants Zion taking the ball up and Brandon Ingram. Hearing that pisses me off. If that is the case, get my boy off that team. I don't want to see him on the Pelicans. I like him on the Pelicans at the moment, but if that's what they're going to use him as, uh, it's going to piss me off. He needs to be the one with the ball in his hands running the show. So, yeah, I guess we'll I guess we'll see what happens. I think he should have a solid season. Whatever he does, people are going to yeah. say it's shit because yeah. people hate on Lonzo a lot. Um, but, yeah, real NBA fans 100%. appreciate what he does, um, I think. Um, well, we've only been recording 25 minutes, and I don't I, – we can keep talking. Is there any more NBA talk you want to? You think we should cover, uh, or you I'm reckon sure we're we done with the NBA? Stuff. Let me have a quick look into it. <laughs> um, yeah. What about uh, the Suns? What are your thoughts on the Suns? They're still they're zero and two in uh, so far. They've been versing the the Utah Jazz. Yep. Devin Booker played okay, I believe. Chris Paul played um, only seventeen minutes. He he got about five points, two rebounds, and six assists. But he looks like a true leader out there, if I'm being honest. Chris Paul, I think, is going to be just the, the difference maker in, in the Suns this year, just by the way he's going to talk into the team. It cuts Every time it cuts to Chris Paul on the bench or on the sideline, whether or not he's playing or not, he's talking to one of the younger players on the Suns and just giving them like tips and what they need to be focusing on. And I think that's going to help them. I don't think Chris Paul is going to come out and have a season similar to what he did in OKC. I just I don't think he will. If I'm being honest, uh, I don't know why. I just get the vibe he's not going to do OKC Chris Paul again. Uh, he'll still be good. I still think he'll play well, but I just don't think he'll do as well as last year. But I just love the I love Chris Paul and the Suns. I really do, and I think we haven't spoke about it enough. Yeah, I agree. Um, he also makes. I said it in the group chat a week ago or two. That he always makes the fucking hell. I'm copping a bloody message every two minutes, it seems. It has to happen while I'm recording. Don't ever get a message. But until I fucking start recording the podcast, everyone messages me. Um, he makes the big men around him better. So I'm expecting a big season from DeAndre Ayton. Uh, he's been looking decent while he's been in the league, but probably hasn't fulfilled his potential yet. So I'm expecting him too with Chris Paul. And Devin Booker, like, he... What was it? I think he had like 29 mm. points in yeah. 28 minutes the other yeah. day. He, he, he honestly, how, how he's, old is he? He's, he's only young, young yeah. isn't he? He's very pretty, pretty. He does have MVP potential about him one day. He's just got that uh, mumba mentality about him. Rest in peace to the, 
to the Black Mamba. But yeah, I think did, Kobe yeah. also mentored him uh, as well. And you can tell by the way Devin Booker plays that he's got so much Kobe in him, like the way he plays and just the way he, yeah. he's yeah. like scoring mentality. Uh, yeah, Devin Booker, I honestly think, well, everyone rates him. But like when it comes to like superstars, it doesn't really seem like he's in that conversation. Like he was snubbed from the – he eventually got in the All-Star game last year, but I feel like he was um, unrightfully snubbed at the start when they didn't pick him and then injuries got him into the team. But, yeah, I've got such high praise on Devin Booker. Um, he, he's, I think, like – like he could be possibly one of the best players in the league in the see, next think, few years, I see, think. My thoughts with Devin Booker are, is – and I understand the All-Star game, it isn't, doesn't go based off playoffs or anything like that. He is yet to make the playoffs. His whole career. Hasn't played one single playoffs game. Mm. And I think that hurts his legacy purely, or not yep. legacy, but his, his view as an NBA superstar, All-Star, because he isn't able to make that step with the Suns. And I know the Suns are absolute garbage, or they have been for a long time. But that, that lack of being able to lift his team and say, okay, boys, let's get a, at least a good record. You know what I mean? So I think that hurts a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely get that because you can see dog shit teams even now. Um, it really only takes that one player that can kind of carry him to the playoffs. Like I expect – I know Russell Westbrook gets a fair bit of hate, but Russell Westbrook did it with OKC um, – not long ago, where he'd pretty much just... Oh, actually, no. What am I talking about? He was never there by himself. For for a second there, I thought Paul George wasn't there. But, um, yeah, if you have that one... If you're, like, that really, really good player, you should be able to carry your team to playoffs. So I haven't really got anything to defend him with there. Um, he probably should have got... Oh, actually, nah. I can't even say he was going to get that Suns team to the playoffs. <laughs> Fuck, that was shit. But... Um, yeah, well, they should make the playoffs this year and we'll see how he performs because, like you said, it's going to be quite vital in his... Um, uh, I'm doing the thing with my fingers where I get my two fingers and I... What do you call them? The quotations? Oh, yeah, yeah, quotations legacy. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, well, I guess we'll see how he goes in the playoffs. I think he'll be, he'll be good. Uh, the bubble, I know... It wasn't the playoffs, but those first eight games of the bubble, I'm going to classify that as like a mini playoffs. Mm. He was so instrumental in the Suns going eight. No, that's why I'm so excited about seeing the Suns as well because of how well they finished off in the bubble. They went eight. No, and now they've acquired um, one of the best. No, I'm not saying the best. I know he's not the best, but one of the best point guards. Yeah, uh, the games had so. Yeah, exciting times to be a Suns fan. And I think they're definitely going to be one of the teams to um, watch next season. Even like like Dallas as well. Like they're not going to contend, but they've just got so much exciting raw yeah, talent. So about them. I was I was actually going to ask. So even though they are in a much stronger conference, you you still think the Suns are, are going to make the playoffs this year? Because hmm. Devin Booker did say two years ago now, I'm done with not making the playoffs. He still hasn't made them. Yep. Um. Mm. I think so. I think they'll slide into a seven or eight seed. And if not, they'll make the play-in yeah, tournament definitely. so they'll have a chance. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you expect them to um, make playoffs? I, honestly, I forgot about the play-in tournament. Um, if we're going to go off NBA bubble as an example of how they play in those kind of circumstances, I think they they might. Um, 
especially because yeah, they they absolutely killed it. As you said, eight and zero, like that's crazy. But I think they're going to be very low. They're not going to be a, they're not going to be set in stone early in the season or, or or coming to the end of the season. They're going to be fighting to the last minute um, to make it if they do it at all. Hello. Oh, wait, still there? Yep. Oh, maybe I cut out. I don't know. It just sounded like you cut out for a second. Um, yeah, again, internet, <laughs> dog shit, my bad. Um, but I, well, I don't know how you ended that because my internet cut out, but shall we get into yeah, the fight it. tonight? All right, sweet. Paul Gallen v. Mark Hunt. A uh, bit of a weird name. It sounds like <laughs> I'm saying Mike Hunt, but I'm saying Mark Hunt. Um, how do you say this fight? Oh, I don't know. Um, for people who don't know, Paul Gallon's a rugby league quote unquote legend. Um, and Mark Hunt is a super UFC heavyweight, correct? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. really good fighter mm-hmm. in the UFC heavyweight class. Uh, they're now stepping into the ring together. Paul Gallon has had, I think, more experience in the ring. I don't think Mark Hunt has actually boxed before. Correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know much about him. Um, Mark Hunt uh, two boxing fights and he's okay, lost cool. one okay, and cool. drew one um, Paul Gallon I think hasn't lost uh, yeah nine okay. wins one so, draw I think it's going to go in the way of Paul Gallon again purely because I think when did yep. Mark Hunt retire from, from actual fighting I think he's been retired for a while hasn't he Oh, it would have been a while yeah. ago. I think he's like 47, so it and would have had like to have been a while ago. Retired, like, didn't he only retire from the NRL like 20, 18, 19? Uh, it may so. have been 2019, I think. 2019 he retired. Um, so I think he, he has more, more, K, uh, more Ks in the legs available than Mark Hunt. Uh, I think if it goes to points, Paul Gallon will win. Uh, but if Mark Hunt, being such a powerhouse and such a heavy set dude, uh, I think if he can get a good hit, but Paul Gallon will be a tough fucker to knock out. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I think um, if it goes past the third round, it's Gallon's to lose. Gallon's just got to watch Hunt for those first three rounds because that's when he's going to be most deadly. But I think um, I think Hunt's going to gas out. I have Gallon winning um, a bit of it. Actually, no, I was going to say unpopular opinion, but a lot of money is coming in for Gal. He started um, on the market, sports bet this is, at $4 and oh, maybe even $4.50 and he's firmed into $2.50 now. So he's dropped in value. No, $2.30. Um, so he's dropped a lot. Um, so yeah, all the money is really coming in for Gal. Um, I guess we'll see what happens. There's we're a few fireworks at the press conference. Whether it was staged or not to get more sales on the fight, I'm not sure. But if it wasn't, that's pretty. I mean, it's pretty shit from Mark Hunt. Uh, come on, mate. Like I understand trying to build excitement, but swinging and stuff. Come on, like a little push doesn't hurt. You don't go swinging punches on the pay uh, on the stage yeah. before a fight. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, 100%. not classy. I think I don't know. I kind of agree with you. I think it was a little bit staged. And if it wasn't, I think that's a negative for Mark Hunt. It, it shows that he's very hot-headed, uh, very reactive. Uh, and I think Paul Gallen could use that as an advantage. Yeah. 
Dal was smiling the whole time. He was laughing and then Mark Hunt was swearing and having a go at him. But either way, we'll see how the fight goes. Up the G train. Come on, yeah. Gal. Do it for the NRL, mate. I don't want to see you. I can't win. But how do you feel how do you feel about Gal? Because obviously, um, you're a massive Queensland fan. Gal's obviously a New South Welshman and has had some shit to say about Queenslanders in the past. Because I don't think I've ever gotten your thoughts on Gal as a player or um, kind of person. If I'm being honest, I feel he was he was a grub. Um and mm-hmm. I think he stayed around too long, if I'm being honest. Uh, I think the Sharks used him as a kind of like a mentor for his, uh, for their, they had a pretty young forward pack at the time. And they still do. Um, I think they're one of the younger forward packs actually in the NRL at the moment, other than the fact they have a feeder and things like that. But uh, I think they used him as kind of like that figurehead leadership player. But yeah, I think he stuck around too long in the NRL. I, I think he was a grub. He was brought into the, Brought into Origin. I don't know if you read that or, or listened to that article where he said um, that he was actually brought in to, to be an enemy, to like to be like a the bad guy for Origin. The where he, when he punched Nate Miles in yep. the face. Yep. So I just think yeah. he was a grub. Yeah. I just think I don't know. And I, I don't like him at all. If I'm being honest, so I kind of want to see him get dropped to the canvas. Fair enough. But he also <laughs> is very good at what he does. Yeah. No. That that's completely fair enough. Um, as a new South as a new South Welshman, and um, well, I'm not. My team isn't the Sharks. My team's Eels, but I do like the Sharks. They're probably my mm. second or third team. I loved Gal, and I loved that grubbiness about him. I loved how he liked to be the villain. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked Gal, um, but I can definitely see why. A, pardon me. I can definitely see why a Queenslander wouldn't like him. There's Queenslanders. Uh, which Queenslanders like and that I don't like. So it's kind of mm. like the same situation. Um, yeah. So I think that's all we kind of have to cover on that. Um, we do have time. I wasn't too sure if we would have time, but we do. Josh Adekar signing a four-year, $2 million deal to the Canterbury Bank Sound Bulldogs. What um, are your thoughts? I am surprised. And I think the team that the Bulldogs have now coming into the 2022 season is something to be scared of. Um, Jack Hetherington, who was a solid pickup for when he played or, or that lone player for the Warriors, uh, as well as they've signed him. Uh, they've signed the likes of Kyle Flanagan, who I'm so surprised that the Roosters have let go after the season he had, um, actually putting a lot of pressure on their bad season on him, which I don't think was fair, but he's going to shine on the Bulldogs. A lot less spotlight on him, a lot less pressure. Um, Nick Kotrick, Josh Adokar with him now. I mean, this team is something to be scared of. I, is he going to play fullback? I think yeah. so. I think. Yep. I feel like, well, if he goes to fullback and he kills it for 500K a year, because that's what people are forgetting. They hear $2 million deal, but this is over four years. So 500K a year for Josh Adokar, I feel like he's worth that if he's playing on the wing alone. So if he plays bad, you chuck him on the wing. You've got a good winger for 500k um i don't know about him at fullback though i guess they're going to test it um and if it is shit they're not going to keep him there but i feel like his playing style a lot of people like the idea because he's fast but he hasn't got the playing style of a fullback i know he's only played on the wing so it's kind of hard to judge that he has a playing style of a fullback but kind of the way 
don't know if it's going to make sense to people. Maybe it'll make sense to you because you've played as well. But I just kind of don't get a fullback type of vibe from him. The way he runs up the ball, I don't think he has any ball playing. As a fullback, I think you should also be able to kick in moderation. Like, you should be able to know how to kick decently. Um, yeah, and he's quite light. So, once a player gets him, a bit like with Matt Dufty, he's going to get dragged a fair bit back. And... I question whether he's going to be fit enough because the difference between a fullback and a winger fitness-wise and having to run around is um, a lot. Do you reckon he'll be a successful um, fullback? Or I don't no? know how the Bulldogs' contracts line up. Now, I know they have Will Hopawade on books. I know they have Nick Meany on books, who are two good fullbacks in my opinion. Um, I don't know how their contracts line up. I don't know if one's off contract or what's going on there. But in regards to Josh Adokar at fullback, I just don't think I don't think I've seen enough of him in a position other than wing. I mean, I if I'm the Bulldogs, am I paying how much? If you say four hundred thousand or five hundred thousand a year, five hundred thousand a year, five hundred thousand a year as an experiment, you know, I wouldn't be paying that because that's a lot of money. And I know the Bulldogs have a war chest; they have all this money available, but. Am I paying $500,000 for someone who might be good at fullback? And I understand it's Josh Adokar. And as you said, you can just put him on the wing, but then you risk it making uh, risk the idea of making him unhappy. And uh, with obviously how the NRL is, is, is kind of pushing things forward, getting a release. Like we've seen players like Joel Van Hengawi and things like that leave. Um, so he could be getting a release from there. If they don't even, I feel like Josh Adokar being from a Melbourne system, I can't see him losing if I'm being honest, I can't see him being on a team who doesn't perform well uh, or misses the, you know, the player, I mean, the uh, finals, anything like that. I just don't know how he would react to that. And I think it's going to be a bit of a culture shock for him. But if he's up for the challenge, and as you said, if he's fit yep. enough for it, then brilliant. I mean, I don't know. Origin game three, I don't know if he had an injury. I think there was a uh, word that he did, but he was gassed, absolutely gassed. And that was on the wing. Yeah. Um, and I think new teams, uh, not new teams, but teams on 2022 will be targeting that and absolutely punishing Josh Adokar um, and testing his fitness. And if they're not, well, that's just a disadvantage that they're, they're given themselves. I mean, he can become a, rely, uh, a kind of defensive uh, issue there. I also don't know. And as I, I don't know if he's that great of a defensive player at fullback. Um I think he's a good communicator with his center on the inside of him, but I just don't know if he's going to be able to handle it defensively as well. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's going to be exciting nonetheless, whether it works or whether it doesn't. Um, I'm keen to watch it. This Bulldogs team, I'm, uh, I don't really like the Bulldogs that much because uh, obviously they're a bit of a rival to my team, but I, I hope they have a bit of success. Like it would be... I'm an Eels fan, so I know what it's like to just have years of losing all the time. So I, I kind of feel bad for the Bulldogs to an extent. I'd love to see him get a Brandon Smith type of player. Uh, you give them Brandon Smith with the team that they've got coming into 2022, I think you definitely have to talk about them making the eight. Um, and yeah, their full pack's young, exciting. Uh, the back line is starting to become exciting. The back line was a bit boring there for a bit, but with Kotrick and Adokar coming... Uh, yeah, it'll be good. And I guess we'll we'll see how it works. Um, you don't know until you another, give it a go, I guess. I'll, I'll chuck in, in the idea there. We know the Bulldogs have a lot of money. 
Brandon Smith is looking for a new club. Bulldogs don't have a locked-in hooker, really. They have um, Marshall King, but that's about it. What are your thoughts? If they can yeah. land Brandon Smith, are they a fucking scary team 2022? Premiership contender? Yeah. You, I don't think Premiership, but I think definitely... Oh, I oh, even it's so hard because the competition is mm. so strong at the moment. But uh, definite top eight, I think maybe eighth, seventh. Um, it also depends how this four pack develops as well because I think they have potential to be one of the better four packs in the in the league if players turn into what they're meant to. Um, yeah, what do you reckon if they get Brandon Smith? Um, what are your expectations? To touch on a little bit before I go into that. To touch on on the forward pack, I think that's what the Bulldogs are. That's the branding of the Bulldogs. Is their forward pack is just big, rough, and tough. Every single year, they've had the likes of Graham Napa. Mm. You know these these big, rough, and tough forwards um, who have done excellently. And I think adding Jack Hetherington. I mean, we've seen what he did with Jaravori Hargreaves in that match against uh, the Roosters. He absolutely ripped into him, and Jared didn't like it. So. To kind of have that um, aggressive forward pack, I think is going to go really well. And Brandon Smith, the block of cheese. I mean, come on, the kid's insane. He, he, uh, I'm so surprised he stayed. And I know he's stuck behind Cameron Smith. I understand. But the fact that he hasn't locked in a hooker position, because if you go back to even the, the test matches for New Zealand, he is a dead... Yeah. Oh, yeah, he... I think he has um, serious potential to be one of the best hookers in the league. If you give him that chance and the opportunity to play hooker, 100%. And it's a, um, it's a shame for him that Harry Grant is so good as well because – actually, that's a, that's a question. Harry Grant or Brandon Smith, if you were the Storm, who would you play at number nine? Have I lost Jared here? I think I may have lost him. Well, that's awkward. I guess I'll just keep talking. Um, Brandon Smith or Harry Grant? I asked Jared. I think he's gone. Oh, it's got a green light saying he's connected, but I can't hear him. I would... Oh, fuck, it's hard. I'd say Harry Grant for now, but I think Brandon Smith has potential to be just as good. Um, it's a huge loss for the Storm. Uh, they're going to have him there for next year, but the year after, wherever he goes, I'm not sure. Um, I've just got a message, uh, message from Jared's. He says, fuck, I'm gone. Uh, I can't hear him. I guess this is where we'll wrap it up. We pretty much covered everything we needed to cover. Um, but yeah, I'd also like to apologize for any times I spoke over Jared. I don't intend to. Um, it's just my internet, man. I live out in the bush. It's... It's it's dog shit. I, I can't do much about it. Plus, I've got about a million siblings and they're all using the internet at the same time. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Episode three, I don't know when it'll come out. It'll come out within the next week though. Uh, if you could share this podcast around, uh, be much appreciated. I'll say thank you on Jared's behalf as well. Uh, we're both really enjoying doing this podcast and uh, we hope we can grow it. And if you enjoy it, uh, let us know, give us some feedback. So yeah, appreciate it.